Welcome to the In Systems We Trust podcast with Mark E. Murray. In Systems We Trust dives into all things systems and processes and interviews the professionals who are using them to change the landscape of their organizations every day. This podcast is fueled by Ditto, a team that is on a mission to eliminate team burnout by implementing systems and processes that streamline your business's growth. Are you ready for more clarity? Here we go. Welcome back to another episode of In Systems We Trust. My name is Mark He, and I'm your host. And today I'm speaking with Courtney St. Croix. Courtney is a best-selling author, publisher, coach, creative director, and CEO of Leader Publishing, an agency that helps people publish books. Courtney is on a mission to update the self-publishing space for the modern age and to be an example that the only prerequisites for becoming a best-selling published author are drive and determination. Welcome to the show, Courtney. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to chat with you today. Me too, Courtney. I mean, for so many reasons. I mean, I, I told you earlier that I've started to write a book. My wife is writing a book and, you know, I've seen you just excel in this space as someone that we look to for resources and things like that. And as I said, um, I know a lot of our listeners um, would also benefit from hearing you. So I'm glad that we could make this happen today. Yeah, let's do so, it. Yeah, I want to start out with with your story. I know you've had quite the journey to get to where you're at today. So, you know, bring us back you know, five years, you know, what you were doing prior to leader publishing, you know, what that transition looked like and how did you come to the the point that you're at today? Sure. So listen, I've wanted to be an author since I was like six years old. Like I have wanted to be an author my whole life, but there was a lot of people who told me it's just not a viable option. You know, well-meaning, well-intentioned authority figures who said, it's not a great idea. You know, you got to go to school. You got to get a real job. You can't just be an author. So I had that dream a little bit smushed for a while. I did go to university. I got my degree. And then I ended up working for a fitness company, which is sort of odd, but I really enjoyed the environment. I started there as a part-time associate and then grew and grew my way up until I was right under the VP of my department. And for many years, I had a really great time there. I learned a lot of things and I met a lot of great people. But at the same time, I was feeling like there was something missing. And I was seeing a lot of opportunity in the online space of people who were really amazing people doing really big things, you know, starting podcasts, starting coaching firms, and then started to see people writing books. And I thought to myself, a few key people, and I thought to myself, she wrote that book and she didn't go through a publishing house. How did she do that? So this was probably around 2016, 2017. So I started to mess with that idea a little bit. And at the time I was building a brand that was for moms and their body image. So improving body image and confidence as a mom postpartum, because I was in that stage myself and I was building this platform of brand. And I thought, you know what, one of the things that's really helping me right now is journaling on a daily basis and to understand how to feel good about myself in the skin that I'm in now, not when I change my body, which is what the fitness industry likes to tell you to do. So I was in that space. So understanding how to really learn to love myself. And I created this journal. So I created a journal and I self-published it. That's the first thing that I went about self-publishing. And that sort of created, uh, ignited a chain of events that turned into what I'm doing now, which is helping others to self-publish. So I took what I was already helping people to do, which was build their confidence. And I turned that concept into a tool that people could use and that they could access easily by purchasing it on Amazon. So that was the first toe dipping into self-publishing. And then from there, I just continued to learn. I continued to get certifications and teach myself all that I could possibly know about the self-publishing platform and how that differed from traditional publishing. 
So in a roundabout way, I've now have authored multiple books and I help other people to do the same, both in group writing projects, as well as individual books that books and journals. I do help people to do sort of what I did with that first journal that I made, the self-love journal. And I've been having a blast doing it. You know, I never considered that I would go that route of helping others write a book. I really just started by wanting to write my own books. And then when I did that, people started asking questions and that just organically grew into helping other people. So that's where I came from. I always had the intention to be an author, but I just didn't know how I was going to get there. And I got there in a different way than I thought I would. And now I help other people do the same. And you made it work. What a great story. And it works for that. Thanks for that summary. I mean, what I heard off the top there is like, you saw other people doing it. And what comes to mind for me is like, if they're doing it, why not me? Why can't I not do me. it? But then I think where, where my head goes is it feels like such a daunting task. I mean, it, it's a large undertaking. It is right a daunting there. task. That's what stops right. a lot of people. There's a lot of steps. It's not impossible to do. In fact, it's very possible, but there are a lot of steps. And that's fair to say, because that's mm -hmm. where a lot of people get stuck. So take us through the steps then, because as I'm thinking about it, I mean, like, I, I love reading books or listening to books and consuming them in many different forms. And you see these authors and, you know, at the end of it, they're just normal people. They have to be, mm -hmm. right? And so, like, what are the steps? Where do we start? You mentioned journaling and that turning into a version of a book that you put out. Is that where you're recommending your clients get started is by jotting down notes and thoughts? So I'd love to know. Where do we get started? Can you break it all down for us? So a couple of things I even want to ask you as we get started. You said you love reading books. So when you're reading books, what are you getting out of the book? Like, why do you pick up a book that you want to read? Yeah, if it's a, if it's a fiction book, like I've started to, you know, start listening to them because I can escape to this whole other yeah. world. And, you know, it's like a story and I can visualize it. But if it's a business book or it's some kind of self-help book, I want to read it. I want to highlight things. I want to put my sticky note in it or take a screenshot on my phone and then have notes, pull out the text and I can put that somewhere to get inspiration from. And so for me, when I'm reading, I want to know that the book that I'm spending my time reading, I can take snippet from that and like implement that into my business right away. Or I can start to think about what that looks like in my business. So that's what I'm looking to get out of these types of books. That's a perfect answer because what you're doing is pulling value out of the book that you're reading. So when I talk to people about writing books, first of all, you want to consider is writing a book the medium for me? Because if you have a message to share, writing a book is one way you could go about doing it, but there are a lot of other mediums. And if writing is not your favorite thing to do, if you find it really hard to like communicate via the written medium, then it's probably not going to be a fun process for you. It might not be something that you want to take on because it is a long process. As you know, writing even a book that's a smaller book, maybe 20, 30,000 words, it takes up a lot of time. And if you don't love writing, it's going to be hard to do, even harder to do. But if it is a medium for you, if you do enjoy writing, if you have something to share, I particularly work with mostly nonfiction authors, um, but I wouldn't, not that I wouldn't work with someone who's writing fiction. I just generally tend to attract people writing nonfiction because that's how I got into self-publishing. I always want my writers to think about the two people involved in this book, yourself, you're sharing your story and the person picking up this book. So I see a lot of potential authors, writers making this mistake where they're just sharing their knowledge, but they're not linking it to what's in it for the person reading the book. Because as you just said, completely unprompted, you want to pull value out of this book. People buy books for themselves. They want to learn how to heal after a divorce. They want to learn how to do X, Y, and Z, whatever it is that they want to learn. That's why they get the book. So while you can infuse stories from your own personal life, 
and partner that with the lesson that you took away or the concept or the method you're explaining, you always want to think about that person who's picking up the book. So in fact, this is a great place to start is who am I writing this book for? And there's all this research in marketing about, you know, your ideal client or your, your client avatar, whatever. You don't have to draw a stick person and write name things around that person of their qualities and traits, but you definitely want to think about who it is that will be reading this book and what they're going to gain out of it. Because if you miss that piece before you even start writing, it's going to be a lot harder for you to get someone to purchase the book because they're going to be asking that question anyway. What's in it for me? When you're at a bookstore, you're looking at a book going, am I going to buy this? What am I getting out of it? So that's the very first step. What are you writing about? If you can write that down in one sentence, what is this book going to cover? Write it in one sentence and then think about that person who you're going to help to understand the concept or to gain value from your book. And then in terms of structure, it's hard for me to give you structure and a system on how to go can about I, writing the book. Can I ask a quick book? question? Can I ask a yeah, quick question yeah. there? And, and then we'll definitely get back to structure of writing the book. But um, I was listening to um, Jenny Blake's Free Time podcast recently, and, and they talked about something very similar. And so when you have an audience and you're doing that research and you try to pull together your avatar, right? Like, let's say you want to write a book on um, how to train your dog, right? Like, you can't assume that your book is for all dog lovers or dog owners. You have to think that this book is for the 2% or 5% of people that enjoy reading books and happen to have dogs as well. So how do you recommend we go about that research, um, finding those people so that we can get that message to the right person? And then yes, if you can continue talking about structure. Let's go with the dog training example. So I always, what always comes to mind for me is the concept of the big fish, small pond versus small fish in a big pond, right? The more you can niche down, this is just general advice, but it works for books too. The more you can niche down, the more that person is going to find your book, come across your book. So if I'm doing dog training for German shepherds, and I say that because I have a German shepherd, I might type into Amazon, how to train your German shepherd. So what I would do is start even with Amazon. If you're going to self-publish and you're going to use Amazon as the, the platform that you want to house your book on, start searching there and see where you can find a gap in the market. So is there a book already that exists on how to train your German shepherd? What kind of books exist? Is there a way you could level up the book that you put in that space, even if it's a small book, by making your cover more appealing, by doing you know keyword research and using things like Answer the Public or any other keyword tool that you use to find what are people searching for when it comes to dog training and German shepherds. So you can fill that hole in the market. Now, I'm not saying you have to do it that way, but in terms of success and people finding your book and using Amazon like a search tool, those are all smart things to do at the beginning so that you can insert those keywords, insert those phrases even within your book, within the book description. Amazon gives you keywords and categories to put your book in. So using Amazon, if you're going to use that platform as almost a search tool to start with, would be really smart. And that way you can try to fill the space and be that big fish in the small pond so more people find your book. That's really that good. And yeah, absolutely. It makes sense. And uh, I'm starting to write a book myself, um, as I said, uh, off air. And one of the pieces of advice, I know I sent you a couple of my like Canva screen grabs, you know, that I use looking good. I put together quickly. Yeah. Right. Um, but I sent it to another friend who knows I'm writing as well. And they said, you know, when they wrote their book, one of the things that people, um, suggested they do is go on Amazon and look at the top selling books and look and see what what titles jump out at you, what colors jump out at you, how easy is that thumbnail to read as well. So that on top of doing the research into that specific niche. So yeah, that all makes sense. And it's super helpful. Thank you. 
Here's the thing, Marquis. Often when you write a nonfiction book, you are your own ideal client. You know, I wrote a book about motherhood and confidence and the way that I became a subject matter expert or lifted my credibility in that area was by learning how to be better at loving my body and improving my confidence as a parent. So when I built that book, it was really the book that I would have needed five years ago. And that is often what happens when we learn something, we become, you know, we gain all this insight in a certain area. And we want to share that with others. Think about yourself and what you might've needed five years ago, because that's essentially what you're doing now is starting giving the basics. You're the person that's two rungs up on the ladder and you're reaching back to help the next person come up the ladder. And also, I think a lot of people stop themselves because they think they're maybe not expert enough. And I want to just remove that barrier from you because you're all, there's always someone who's going to be a little bit behind you that needs that help. And that, again, that's general advice for any area, but for writing a book as well, it's just extremely helpful. And sometimes we downplay that. We don't think that we're six steps ahead, that that's even helpful for the person behind us, but it absolutely is. Um, another thing I would recommend is getting visual with this idea that you're now writing a book that you now have in your brain, because our brains are very interesting, right? You've got the idea in your head, you know what you want to write about. You even started messing with some of the creative elements of creating like potential book covers, which I did as well. And I recommend people do mess around with it. It doesn't have to be your final book cover, but mess around with it. And then one of my favorite places to go to make book mock-ups to actually make what you sent me, those little Canva snippets into an actual mock-up of a book cover is DIYbookcovers.com. So you can go there and there's a free book mock-up generator um, and you can just make it look like an actual book and have that image, put it on whatever, your vision board, put it on your phone screen background, like whatever is going to be helpful for you to keep seeing that and visualizing it because it's going to almost trick your brain into seeing like, I yeah, I am writing a book. I can write a book. I'm going to have that book in my hands instead of downplaying, you know, that you're going to actually do it. So that's a quick little random I like tip. <laughs> I like that because seeing is definitely believing. Right. Um, Okay, very cool. So let's get back to the structure then. Yeah, I think you were going to start yeah. breaking it down for yeah. us. Let's go there. So what I started to say was that it's difficult for me to give you an exact template for like how to write your book because everyone is different. So you might benefit from sitting on a Sunday afternoon in the zone at a coffee shop for four hours and you crank out 20,000 words in that period of time. And that's like, you know, could be your whole book, could be half your book. Other people are going to benefit from setting the same time every morning where they write for 15 minutes or just once a week where they write for an hour. So you have to know and understand yourself and how you work best. Where do you feel the most motivated and inspired? I actually do thrive when I'm in a, a coffee shop environment or a co-working space environment where there's other energies around me versus sitting silently at home with no one around trying to like, you know, get creative. So understand that about yourself first. That's really the advice I would give you for the time that you're spending or the time that you're allocating to write the book. But when it comes to book structure, I think this is where a lot of people get stuck. And I do actually have a resource to help with this. I want you to think about what you're writing about, right? We've already sort of determined that who your book is for. What are the 10 things people need to know about dog training for German shepherds? What are the 10? And you could have 500 things that you need people to know, but I want you to start at the beginning and give me the 10 things that I need to know if I'm new to dog training with a German shepherd. And then write those things down. You can do a brainstorm map of all of the things, but I want you to try to aim for 10. I use 10 because it's an easy number. It could be eight, it could be 15, whatever. And then think about how you could incorporate the 10 things into like your subtitle. So you've got the title of the book, dog training for German shepherds, 10 things you need to know about training your dog or training your German shepherd or whatever. So we're just like simplifying things. Now I want you to think of just the first thing, What's the topic? You're going to have the topic. You got to introduce the topic. 
You could split this into parts as well, but I want you to just think about these 10 things, almost like 10 blog posts. So let's take the scariness factor out of it. Let's take this daunting task. It's going to be 30,000 words and narrow it down to one chapter at a time and think of it like a blog post, which is less intimidating. What's the thing? The first thing, introduce that concept to me. Give me some type of story. So give me, if you're the expert and you've trained your German shepherd and hopefully multiple German shepherds to be writing a book about it, give me a little story about how you were working with this dog named Luna. That's my dog's name. And she started out doing this and then you helped her to see this. And you're giving me this story because humans love storytelling. So by you putting the concept into a real tangible example, it's going to help me understand. It's going to help the concept land better. Then you're just going to summarize and conclude. And then I want you to give me something to work with afterwards. This is another part where you're flipping it into what's in it for me. So what am I getting out of it? What do you want me to do now with this first tip, this first piece of information? So either ask a question, ask them to reflect on something. You know, what have you been doing so far with your dog? Is there something you could change? What's something that you could change about the training that you've been doing so far? Something like that to close it out. It's almost like a call to action at the end of your chapter. And then you're just going to rinse and repeat. Go on to number two. What's the next thing? Do the same format. People are going to like the consistency of the format as well. They're going to be like, oh, okay, here's the topic. Oh, we've got a little story here. Cool. All right, summary. And then what is in it for me? What's the call to action? What's the takeaway? Repeat that as many times as you need to. Seven times, 12 times, whatever. And then you can literally have your subtitle be seven ways to help your dog learn to sit. Like, I don't know, whatever you're, whatever it is, that's the book that you're writing. And this is what's inside the resource that I have. I asked you earlier if I could swear on the show. So it's called, how the f- do I start writing a book? <laughs> Super easy. It's like, I don't know, 15 pages or something, but it gives you this concept we'll that just I just bleep, laid out. We'll just bleep that part out. It's all good. Bleep it out. <laughs> <laughs> I have a bit of a mouth on me. I try to rein it in when I'm doing other people's shows, but um, so yeah, I really try to help my clients see how to simplify the process because you look at a book or you look at a heavily researched book or a very successful author like Brene Brown or Mel Robbins, and it can seem like, oh, there's chapters and there's parts and there's subtopics within each chapter. And it looks like, oh my gosh, so much research. There's so many sections involved. How do I even organize my my book? Um, So try to simplify it as much as possible because at the end of the day, I'd rather you, Marky, write your first book and have it be a smaller book and then have something you can build on so that when your audience is finished with that first book, they can move on to another one that you've now got in the works. They've already bought the first one. And then someone who comes to you two years down the road goes, oh, this guy has three books. I might as well get all three of them. You know, it's gonna be benefit for you. We're just talking logistics here, but in terms of writing, try to make it as simple as possible and break it into almost blog post type chapters so that it's really easy. Hey everyone, it's me, Marquis. I just wanted to take a minute to tell you a bit more about Ditto. If you've been listening to In Systems We Trust for a while, you've heard firsthand accounts of how systems and workflows change the landscape of work for businesses and leaders across the globe. Ever felt like there just aren't enough hours in the day? Is your startup starting to grow and scale and you're wondering how your systems will scale with it? Maybe you're part of a widespread multi-level corporation that needs to update and overhaul its standard operating procedures. Well, if you can relate, Ditto can help. Eliminate team burnout, keep your best talent, and have a clear system in place to help you and your business achieve your goals. Visit thinkditto.com to learn more. That's really good advice. And I was going to ask you if that's essentially what it is. This is a blog post with your subheadings and then your your call to action at the end. Mm -hmm. And I like what you said about, you know, not feeling like you need to fit it all in there. Because for me, I'm writing this thing and I have this, this 4D framework that I follow for how I do what I do at Ditto. And I'm like, this is what we do for our customers all the time. They benefit. Why can't others benefit? But there's so much more that I want to include in that. But I'm thinking, 
do I need it? Like, does it have to be X amount of pages long or can I just start with this and then build upon that later and turn it into a series or another volume, right? Like not feeling like you need to have all that information in there. So that's what I'm hearing. And it makes a lot of sense. And I love that you said about taking your, your, your 10 points and putting that into the subheader. Cause Mm, that's where I'm at right now. I'm struggling with, I'm struggling with that, but that obviously ties it back in to, um, the, the themes within the book that you're going to be talking the reader. Through. Yeah. You also want to be just as clear as possible in your title subtitle for your book description. When you actually do get to the point where you're putting your assets on Amazon as clear as possible, because not only are people going to be able to find it better, but they're going to be more satisfied when they get a book that they know exactly what is in it. And not only what the subtitle says, you know how sometimes you get a book and it's like, here's how you do this. And then you start reading it and you're like, this isn't even exact. This isn't what I thought I was getting. You know, you're disappointed. You toss the book. You're not even going to finish reading it. So the idea behind a shorter, smaller book that really deals with one or two or maybe three concepts. And then if you have more, you can do a follow-up book, but really give people the basics so that they can understand. It gives you room to expand and it helps people to solve one problem. They solve that problem. They see results from that problem. They see how they're fixing things or changing things or how they can really make, um, I forget, there's a term for it. When you, when you solve like a quick problem, it's like people really feel that like, you know, it's almost like a, there's like a chemical reaction. When you solve something quick, you feel really satisfied that you've actually been able to do that. If you have a 600 page book and people don't get something right at the beginning, chances are they're just not going to finish it because we all like have attention deficit disorder these days. We all want like, let me get something really quick sorted out here. So I recommend shorter books, if you can also work it eventually, once you go through this process, ebook version, paperback version, and then an audible version, like an audiobook version, because people really enjoy that as well. Like that is a really well-rounded method to get your message across. And you don't have to record it yourself, but if you like recording, you can. Really short, simple to the point. It's not going to be an audiobook that takes eight hours for people to listen to. Maybe it takes them three hours and that would be a few walks, you know? So try to make it as simple and concise as possible. That's my recommendation anyway. That's really good. Yeah. There are some business books that um, I'll listen to if I'm like out on a walk or whatever, and I'll get, I'll get it started. And it's like 13 hours long. I'm like, I'm never going to finish this. It's like an uphill battle. Like you're constantly like, Oh my gosh, I'm not even halfway through this book yet. Like, and then there's all these stories and fillers and things that I just feel like don't need to be in there at all. Like, let's just get to the point. Or you've already said this, you know, why are you repeating yourself? Yeah. Do you find that a lot? Yeah, I do. And um, I think you and I talked about this before too. When you're writing a book, and I did mention incorporate stories, you have to know that there's some things that are beneficial for the reader and there's some stuff that is not important. There's some stuff that's just fluff. There's some stuff that is, you know, dates and locations and time and exact details about the scenario. Like I just need a summary to help me solidify the point you're making. So be careful when you're telling stories. And that's what I think is happening in some of these business books, right? They're on and on and on about these stories which is some of it is really great. But if you can condense it, I I just need the value for me. I just need a summary of what happened. I don't need to know the names of the person that you met and that didn't shake your hand and you got a bad taste in your mouth, like whatever those little details are, just cut that stuff out, which also can be done in editing, but try to, again, be concise with your storytelling, make it match the concept that you're sharing. And the, the quicker people can get to the point and understand the point that you're trying to say, the better. The to- topic's gonna land for them. They're gonna understand it better. So concise and simplicity all the way. It's the way to go. I love it. I, I want to ask some more questions about your clients and how to work with them. But before we get there, I just have a couple more questions on just, just the process of like thinking about getting started. I want to know like who should be writing a mm-hmm. book? 
right? Like if you're listening to this podcast, you're like, yeah, I've thought about it or I want one too, you know, like, is that really, you know, the, the deciding factor on whether you should do it or not? Because I know that there are people that already have established platforms. We see them. You mm-hmm. mentioned Brene Brown as one example um, that already had a, a platform or maybe she had a book for it. I'm not sure. But, you know, you have an established platform. You put out a book. You're a best-selling author. Everybody wants it. And then some people think that if I start writing a book and I put it out, everybody's going to want it. And that's going to establish a platform for me. And then on the other end of that, unless it's killer, right? They're hearing crickets and they're they're getting frustrated and, you know, it's not getting into the Amazon top, you know, selling. It's not getting into the bookstores. People aren't downloading it on their Audible. So what what advice do you have for people that are thinking about writing a book? Who's it for? Um, And, you know, who's it not for? So when it comes to writing your book, definitely you want to make sure that you actually enjoy writing and that the written medium is a way that you feel comfortable communicating because you, as a self-published author, you're going to have to promote this book. You're going to have to talk about it. There's a lot of pieces in the last question that you asked me about, you know, marketing and promotion. Some people think they have a platform. Should I write a book or do I write a book to create a platform? It's kind of the chicken and the egg conversation. Um, if you have an existing platform, if you, there's a few great people who could write books, if writing is something you enjoy doing coaches, service providers, if you are someone who coaches others or works with others and you have a method or a system or a blueprint or a framework, as you mentioned, you have a framework, that is a great thing that you could write about. And I would suggest you think about it in terms of a bigger like business landscape. What can you do with that? We are giving people information. How can you lead people to maybe work with you further or to find you in in other resources that you provide or to get into a course Someone who does this really well and just someone who writes on a topic that I love, money mindset, is Denise Duffield-Thomas. I don't know if you've heard of her before. Her book is called Get Rich, Lucky Bitch. And then there's a second one. And then there's also a book called Chillpreneur. Um, And she does an excellent job of talking about the work that she does with her clients and peppering that into the content that she is writing so that people have somewhere else to go after they've, they've read the book. So in essence, you're being able to package some information inside the written medium that can be easily accessed by people and found and searchable on an international platform like Amazon. So there are a lot of benefits to it. But with that being said, writing one book is not going to make you like this huge famous author that's like super high in demand. Like there's so many pieces that go into it. But if you are an existing business owner, entrepreneur, coach, service provider, and you have something that you could package up to make it really simple for people, you'd be a great candidate for writing a book so long that so long as you enjoy writing a book. That's a great answer. Oh, Thank I'm still you. There. <laughs> Just making sure you're still there. I'm definitely still there. Is there more? No, I think that's a good. I think that's good for now. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Yeah, because because I'm thinking about like for for me, for example, like um, I have a small platform on YouTube and have my obviously the the podcast. There's some listeners that I think would want to hear more from me. There might be you know a handful of people on YouTube, but I think the expectation need to be set for anyone thinking about writing a book is this is not your your ticket to stardom right like yeah it's not the be all end all it's not going to make you like super famous and now I'm not saying that couldn't happen It, it absolutely could happen because Amazon the way Amazon works is it recommends books to people who are searching for things in similar topics it is a great place to be and it's almost like 
again, I use another egg analogy, but like having eggs in different baskets, you know, having a book there, a resource there, think about, let's use the dog training example again. So think about you have a company that maybe you have courses that help people with, maybe you've got small little courses to help people along the way, or you have some big course that can help people to really get into learning how to train their dog. You give them the basics in your book. And at the end, you've got like a QR code that says, Hey, just so you know, I have a resource that's going to even, you know, if this information is really landing with you, I've got a resource that can help you move even further into your process of training your dog. So think about how you can give people the information that's going to be helpful for them, but also where you can expand. Because I think a lot of the times writers assume they're going to give away everything. Like they're giving away the farm in their book. So like, it's too much. We want to gatekeep. We want to hold information back. But in fact, it works the opposite way. When I was reading Denise Steffield Thomas's um, Get Rich Lucky Bitch book, there were so many times where I was like, I need to work with this woman more. I love her. I love how she's speaking. I love the concept she's teaching. It's like people want more of a good thing. So you're not going to give away everything and turn people away and make them think, you know, I, I already have everything I need. In any, If anything, you're going to make them think, I want to work with this person more. They're doing such a great job of helping me understand these concepts. How can I get closer? How can I be in a closer proximity to them? So always having that option. Don't assume that people just want the book and then that's it. There's nothing else that they want. If they're interested in the concept you're writing about, chances are they're going to be interested in something else that you have to offer. So at the very, very least, put something in there that's going to get them into, pardon me, into their, into your community in some way, shape or form, whether that's a free experience or something that's low ticket or something that's kind of a mid ticket place where people can go for the next step. That's, that's so great. And I mean, um, we talked about, you know, having like different books come out later on and, you know, having mm. a funnel and a call to action for people. I mean, I was just on a, um, a, a sales call and I asked the question, you know, well, how did you find out about Ditto? And the person said, you know, I've been watching your YouTube channel for a while, watching the videos and I thought it was time. Mm. Our, our company needs help. And now they're on a call with me where I'm talking and understanding their problems I show them, you know, a bit of our sales deck and they're like, yep, that's it, Marky, you nailed it. That's what we need. So now mm. I'm thinking like, great, yeah. like my platform, my, my small 1500 subscriber platform on YouTube, yep. go subscribe if you haven't already, right? Like it, it's working for me mm -hmm. because they already know who I am. There's thought, um, sorry, there's trust there. There's thought leadership there. They come in, they see what Ditto has to offer now and it makes that process so much easier. And now it's like, because that trust has been built, you know, the likelihood of them wanting to purchase another product, whether that be a book or a new service or a course, whatever it may be. Now there's opportunity and the door's been opened up for all those different potentials. Mm -hmm. When it comes to books, actually, there's still this sort of perception that someone who writes a book has like a bit of a, a famous or like celebrity type of status. And while that's not necessarily true, because as we mentioned earlier, anyone can write a book, it, you know, just regular people. If you ask anyone like Brene Brown, like even Maya Angelou has been quoted as saying like, she felt like an imposter, like the next book people are going to know she's like, you know, she's nobody special. Um, authors are just regular people, but because there's this sort of perception about them being celebrity or expert level or at a certain status, when it, it's almost like a psychology trip, when there's a potential that you can get even closer to that person who you've just held their book in your hands, like Denise Duffield Thomas, for example, again, has a, a money boot camp that's like a mid-range sort of program that she constantly referred to throughout the book. And because I was really getting to know her, liking what she was saying, I was, I was getting to know her. She was sharing stories about herself. I really liked her. When there was an opportunity afterwards to like potentially be in a closer circle with her, that's like really attractive. That's like something a lot of people 
feel like, oh, that look at that. I can now be in a course with her and I could see her. I could, we could do, we could do video trainings with her. That would be really cool. So you're sort of laying the foundation and the groundwork, giving people value, immense value so much so that they go, mm, if I have a chance to work with that person one-on-one, you know, obviously it depends on your budget and your investment level. But if I could work one-to-one with Denise Duffield Thomas after reading her books, hundred percent, she was amazing. And I loved her and I loved what she was teaching me. So Try to have that as your perspective when you're sharing. It's never like you're going to share too much information. We talk about this on social media as well. People like you and they like what they're learning. They're only going to feel more compelled to work further with you. So make sure there's something where people can find you after the book is done. That's such good advice. Thank you for for that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, let's give the listeners a, a chance to you know know what it's like to work with you if they want to take that mm-hmm. next step. I mean, someone's in their car right now. They're listening to this. Someone's walking their dog. And like, this is so interesting. You know, what would it look like to actually work with Courtney? Bring mm-hmm. us through the process of working with you. Like, are you are you doing a front to end, you know, life cycle of this book for your customers? Are you doing one off services where it's just book cover design? Are you laying out the, the roadmap for them? Are you giving them this structure? What does it look like? And what do you offer to your customers from a done for you or a done with you service offering? Yeah. So I have a publishing agency. So leader publishing is an agency that can take you full service from your idea with your manuscript all the way through to on Amazon with marketing support and resources and, you know, launch planning and all of that stuff. But I can also help you if you're at various other stages. I feel that I have a lot of different levels for people. So I have some really great low ticket resources, like how the F do I start writing a book is like $5. Um, I have a self-published process checklist. Like if you're in the early stages and you're not ready to invest in someone to support you full on yet, or you're still just writing your book. I really, I don't do um, writing coaching. I do provide resources and support and advice for people writing their books, but I'm not like a writing coach. Like I wouldn't be helping hold you accountable to writing your book. I really start working with clients once they have their manuscript done. Um, But with that being said, if you find me on TikTok, I have a lot of really great free resources in the video form, teaching you how to actually go about writing the book Um, and then, so once you get the manuscript and you come to me, I can take you all the way through and execute everything for you. Obviously that's a higher level investment. If I'm doing all of the work for you, I have uh, mentorship and sort of consulting packages as well. So if you'd rather just get the advice and meet with me on a regular basis, I can help you go through the process. Keep in mind that self-publishing comes with costs. So if you're not paying me to do everything for you, then you're going to be finding people to do the work for you and paying them as well. So it's not like you just coach with me and like, that's the end. I can definitely give you some tips and sort of time-saving and, and um, more economical options to work through as you're self-publishing. The coaching option is a little bit of a lower investment. I have, you know, laser coaching strategy sessions where you can hop on a call with me for 20 minutes and we can talk about the stage that you're in. So if that is an option that you prefer because you're not ready to invest fully, we can do that too. So I have a ton of resources and the easiest place to find where everything is that I offer is leaderpublishing.com slash services. And it's lead her publishing.com slash services. That's where everything is. So that's the easiest place to go. Perfect. Thanks so much, Courtney. I'm already feeling uh, the urge to get back to my book. Get back to it. It's not going to write itself, Marky. Exactly. I've got maybe seven chapters taken care of. And I mean, I don't know how many more there are going to come out of it. Um, But yeah, this is definitely super, super helpful. So let's let's wrap this up then. If you could leave the listeners with, you know, um, some advice or, you know, when it comes to thinking about writing a book, publishing a book, you know, getting started or taking it to that next step, what do you think are the biggest things that they're not considering 
or that they need to start thinking about when it's uh, when it comes to publishing their book. I think just a classic sort of staircase analogy. It's not impossible to get to the top of that staircase but it is going to take multiple steps in order to get there. So I don't want you to look at the whole staircase and go, that's impossible. I'm never going to be able to do that. I forget. There's, I forget whose quote it is. The, just take the first step. Somebody's famous quote. We're going to have to put it in the show notes or something. Um, just You don't have to take the whole thing. Just take one step at a time. And along the way, maybe you take a break and you find someone to help you or support you. That could be me or somebody else that you really align with that helps in this sort of arena. So know that there are a lot of steps, but that it is fully possible for you. Self-publishing is a different route than what we've all seen in the media, the traditional publishing houses where you get book advances and book deals and it's all fancy and you know luxurious. It's a different route. It's very author-driven and author-led and author-funded, but it is possible for you. And if you have a message that is worth sharing, then I encourage you to continue taking that step. You can't really do anything until you write it. And it's not going to cost you anything to write it other than your own time. So I just, I encourage people to just write because then you can get to the self-publishing once you've written, but you can't do that until you write. So if you could take one thing away from this, perhaps get some structure and you can use my workbook to do that. Or you can just take what I've said on the show, organize things into 10 things that you want to talk about, get a really clear headline and a really clear subtitle and start writing because you can't really go anywhere unless you have the manuscript written. So start there. That's perfect. Thanks so much. And what came to mind there is just this idea of this pie chart where there are two variables. One is thinking about writing a book. And mm -hmm. the second part of that pie chart is regretting not writing a book. Yeah. Time has passed, right? Like, so get on it. Or, Time's going to pass not. anyway. So, yeah, exactly. Thanks so much, Courtney. It was great having you on the show today. Courtney St. Croix, lead for publishing.com. Thanks for the conversation today. Thanks for having me. Talk soon. Thanks for listening to the In Systems We Trust podcast with Marquis Murray. If you liked what you heard today, hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Don't forget to rate the episode and share it with a friend. Head over to thinkditto.com to learn more about how the team at Ditto can help your business scale by implementing the systems and processes needed to get you there.